0: so in our game of the year episodes i'd like to take back what i said about beat saber being kind of cool because i later found out why green day was playing is it because they have a beat saber song it's because <laughs> they got a beat saber pack that's why oh. they were there including that father of all Motherfuckers yeah track. i said that did you say it was a beat saber pack yeah okay because we didn't go over that on wait, the episode foam, foam? <laughs> oh,
1: oh is it that? <laughs> that's all right we have the audio isolated you can't take it back
0: <laughs> <laughs> sidebar though i absolutely would have gone much deeper on sayonara wild hearts if i played that before we you know we did those recordings because mm-hmm. i finally yeah. played that game afterwards thanks to you austin and it beat is saber pure and beautiful <laughs> And amazing. And was that, was that the clip of me? <laughs> no. Well, uh... Beat Saber's still fun. No. <laughs> Wait, Shit. I can't believe you said that after that whole bit you yeah, just did. <laughs> I said that after we talked about Green Day, right? No. Um, <laughs> you also played Disco Elysium a bit after, yeah, since recording. Yeah.
2: Retraction, that. there is voice acting in that game. Oh, nice. And I actually kind of dig it. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: sounded pretty cool from what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, a, I'm a way more I'm ambitious a, than... a
2: narco-communist now.
1: <laughs> yeah. In that game, <laughs> it looks really cool. Like yeah. I really do want to play it. But unfortunately, I like the Epic idea of that, that whole way too much shit for free for me to buy anything right now (laughs) yeah Yeah,
0: they are it's kind of wild i didn't realize that whole game more or less takes place on like one city block and that's how they can get so in depth with the choices that's clever yeah
1: i read that yeah it's like a really small area Yeah, it's about like a city where
2: you're a cop and the cops have like no authority because there's a dock workers union yeah Mm -hmm. because it's on a dock And they used to be like, all cool. They were just a union to support workers' rights. And then some dude came and won an election in a very seedy way to be the head of the Dock Workers Union and then turned it into a criminal organization.
1: (laughs) Cool. And and because that happened a couple times, it's no longer a viable political system. So let's just keep with what we have now. (laughs) Good thing that that's never hurt anybody. (laughs) And then they, they murdered a guy and hung him up by his guts.
2: God. Off, off of a tree.
0: I didn't know the game got that visceral. Uh huh.
2: You're an alcoholic, but you don't. Rem- you have amnesia. You don't remember what. Oh, I happened. think in the game. Yeah. Okay. You're an <laughs> no. alcoholic. Now's <laughs> uh, not the time. And no. you, can't, you have to get the body off of the tree to perform an autopsy, but you can't do it because you're a hungover. <laughs> and be grossed out because he's hanging up by his guts so every time you go to try to do it you just throw up oh and i have God. to find a way to sober up before i can get him off the tree
0: i did read that that game is uh, apparently coming to console so there, i assume there will be controller support and yeah stuff like that, which is neat that's cool yeah but today though today we're going to talk about what is likely the most played video game of all time and honestly Minecraft,
2: we did that last
0: week. <laughs> yeah. Well no, this this is probably more so technically. And honestly chess. why why wouldn't it be? I said video game. <laughs> <laughs> video chess. Uh- <laughs> But it's been released for nearly every possible platform. It pretty much has universal accessibility, welcoming a player from almost any age group or background to approach it, regardless of skill level or native language. It can be enjoyed as a relaxing form of meditation and yet still appeal to those seeking fierce competition, by yourself or with others. It doesn't matter. There are even those who have taken to the next level with writing theses and studying the stimulating effects it can give your brain, including its connection to hallucinatory imagery, as well as its experience crossing over with music and feelings of synesthesia. While some of the other side still argue it's nefarious addiction. It's simple, it's fun, it's Tetris. Woo! I, but never, I never heard of it. Could you explain <laughs> how it works? But its popularity. Yes, this is the
1: game where you like swap different color bubbles and then they disappear as they match, right? <laughs> is
0: that a Bubble Bobble? Or... No, or a it could be Pop Fever? It could be any <laughs> number of 10,000. <laughs> <Yeah. games.
2: laughs> this this is, is the one where one you with... match three, right? This is the one with Ken and Ryu.
0: Yeah. Where you touch the yeah, diamonds right to the colors. Yeah. you idiot? That's Halo. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but its popularity and success sure doesn't make the title any less personal to me. As similarly as to how Austin spoke of the original Halo and Chris with Destiny, Tetris will always have a place in my blocky heart.
2: You missed the rule where you only allowed to do bungee games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did Tetris,
1: did yes, make Yes, you Tetris? were supposed to do Oni. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was perhaps one of the first two games that I've ever played. It continues to this day to be an important part of my weekly schedule and brings back fond memories of my childhood and mom like rushing into my head. It's even grown to become a vital version of therapy to me, rewarding my anxieties of obsessive compulsion rather than simply shaming it. And I'd like That's to think we're here that I'm far from the only one the who shame, has ever right? felt this yeah. way.
1: <laughs> and by far the best Battle Royale game ever made. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I have a bone to pick with Tetris
2: because my mom stole my Game Boy because it came with Tetris. (laughs) And then I couldn't play Pokemon, so then I got a Game Boy DX or Game Boy Color and it came with Tetris DX and then she stole that. (laughs) So
0: Can't say I blame her. I think my my... mom might have done the same thing (laughs) with me as a kid. So where did it come from? Well it's fairly common knowledge, perhaps due to its From Russia With Fun NES tagline... It came from above our vision, slowly. ...that <laughs> <laughs> it was born out of the Soviet Union in the 80s. However, there are probably still many fans and enthusiasts out there that likely have no idea just how crazy the history of this little puzzle game actually was. A tangled web of politics, licensing, and of course crimes are just as much as a part of Tetris's history as the pieces themselves. This is Hot Button, I'm your Tetris loving host, Randall Beatrice, here as always with Austin (laughs) (laughs) Blakeslee, and Chris Antoine. (laughs) So who's ready for a tale of communism, capitalism, and murder? All I know about
2: Russia is based on three things. Okay. James Bond's shit, uh-huh. uh, vodka, Call of Duty where they were the bad guys a couple times. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. they're still the bad guys in the new and one. Chernobyl where
2: they all speak British. So <laughs> should be, it should be an interesting episode.
0: Chernobyl is going to come into play on this series. Interestingly enough, the uh, TV
2: show or the nuclear reactor blowing? The,
1: the actual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Russia is an insanely fascinating place. Yeah. Oh, no, wait.
2: There's a fourth one, Russian dash cams. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> dash cam compilation wait, no, videos. on fifth one,
2: John Wick. There you
1: go. There's my top five <laughs> <laughs> references for how Russia works. It is insane. I was, My favorite most fascinating part about Russia that I think is it is so extremely large. I don't think anybody yeah. can quite get how large it is unless you look at a map. It's hard and to you wrap your head around. There it. are parts of Russia that are like... Ten feet away from Japan, yeah. Okay, and like people that live on these little islands that are coastal, touching like China and area, who have like ethically and culturally basically Chinese people, but they're <laughs> technically Russians. Weird. And they I live never thought about that. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away from like white people, Russia, which is <laughs> right. all like right next to Europe. <laughs> yeah. You when you me, think like, of like
2: Western, like me and Randy and a couple of our friends played a game, which I highly recommend to everybody out there called GeoGuessr. It mm. is the words GeoGuessr, but the last E oh, is yes! taken
0: out. Oh, my God. This was great. And
2: all it does is it drops you in a random part of the world using Google Street View. Yeah. And then it brings up Google Maps, and you have to drop a pin where you think you are. <laughs> based on like, what you see. Based That's on pretty what you cool. See. And the Russia part, because even if you get a, like, a sign that clearly has Russian writing on it, you're like, okay, we're in Russia.
1: It could be, it, ca- it could be Kazakhstan yeah,
2: or, or it fucking Ukraine. It gives you, you points yeah. based on if you're close, you get a lot of points. If you're far away, you get less points. Russia might as well be hard because it's yeah. just all yeah. snow and trees. Yeah, and, and you could
0: be like, well, that's probably that's got maybe that's here in Russia, and you're like yeah. on the yeah, other, other side like, of the globe, but Ma- it's Moscow the same.
1: and like Saint Petersburg is actually, I think still pretty far east, yes, but still barely even touches as far when you get east of this massive, just nothing land. Moscow like, is also
0: going to come into play quite a bit in the story, which I guess well, yeah. is evident and by Moscow's the Kremlin being like on like the... a
1: European city too, but I just think it's, yeah. it's fascinating how big that fucking is. No, totally place is. it it's is. Crazy. Yeah.
0: And it's It's kind of nuts. And I do apologize that, in there there is uh, a bit of heavy emotions in here. We how are you going to have trouble I actually find the Russian names much easier than that, the like, Polish, Polish ones. Okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah, there's more harder sounds unless... Alphabet looks ups dope, Ups and though. downs, just, yeah. It's
0: just cool looking. Polish names look like Mordor. Too many <laughs> fucking like consonants. <laughs> <laughs> ups and down lines. Yeah. And before we begin, I know we usually do these at the end, but I would like to thank the gaming historian for finding a lot of this information that I'm about to read. His research was by far the most thorough that I've seen on the subject, even more than the official wiki pages, so I would be remissed if i forgot to bring that up i actually um recently i did reach out and email him for some source links that we can uh, post later and nice. other stuff uh cool. i will have all of those along with a bunch of other sites that I use to verify and deeper elaborate on these things so what do you guys say i say go. welcome to the new year yeah oh my yeah. god I, I totally forgot it is now 2020 yeah not well, not right When you're listening moment. to this,
1: <laughs> it will be 2020. Some movie magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Behind
2: the scenes magic. We are a couple days away from 2020 after we record
1: this. So, so, yeah. This is a new year a Hot Button. We got a lot of shit. Yeah. I'm excited about <laughs> I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah. It's I've been cool. i for for a long time. I did have. Uh... Randy's been working on it since. Another behind it's been a the scenes.
0: long time. <laughs>
2: He's been working on this since before he started doing the work on our Halloween <laughs> block of episodes, which here's, was in October. Yeah, so. Here's
0: the crazy thing. It's like translating a lot of this stuff was one thing. Mm-hmm. Verifying it was hard because there's a lot of figure. Like the story is going to have a cast of characters to keep track of. Mm-hmm. And it's like I found it very surprising how little of this information is like really available easily. You watched Chernobyl, right? (laughs) That's a good point. Imagine how much of that information is readily available. It's been redacted. So a lot of this are going to come from first-hand accounts of people who were later interviewed because it's like this timeline has not been like archived in the same way like modern game development there can are be. no
2: books about how tetris
1: was made
0: no not exactly yeah. right. so we have murder not that i know of There's probably murder
1: murder is involved and murder and we have political drama a mysterious and suicide hand account is also involved and the guess of characters names will remember welcome to game of block thrones <laughs> 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 this
0: all right will be more coherent than game of <laughs> yeah so our setting is 1984 during the Cold War, with the most attention obviously being focused on the animosity between former allies, the United States, and the Soviet Union. They call it the Cold War because Russia's cold? I yeah. Just, I just realized that. Okay. <laughs> <continue>. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Both were similar in terms of fearing nuclear attack from the other, although the two nations were vastly different in terms of their living state. The U.S. at the time was experiencing major economic growth. There were tech breakthroughs and product launches like the Apple II computer. We hosted the Summer Olympics that year in L.A., which Russia famously boycotted. Even our culture was beginning to spread more around the globe as well, with hit movies like Ghostbusters and Indiana Jones, while music from American artists were selling better than ever. Malls were opening, toy crazes were booming, everyone was on cocaine. I've been mean, sour patch. No, some would, some would <laughs> say. <patch. laughs> someone some would mention. say all this success comes from the
1: money for the military-industrial complex because we're in the middle of an arms race with the. Uh,
0: <laughs> <Shh>. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The Soviet Union, however, things were not looking nearly as bright. Is it because they were Flyers... communists that America's
1: were forcing them to become a collapsed economy so they could turn them into a capitalist nation here? This later? was also right around the time that
0: we
2: beat
1: Russia. Yeah, which the
0: came Winter up on a previous episode. It came
2: up in one of the microtransactions. Yes, that was our episodes. first one. Yes. And the Philadelphia Flyers had recently beaten the Russians so bad that they went home crying. <laughs> That's my little bit of Philly citizen coming out.
0: So at this point, their economy was almost completely stagnated. Much of this was due to the cost of of oil vastly declining, the country's largest export. This combined with their five-year-long conflict with Afghanistan at the time in those days, led to yeah, a uh, and then per-
2: we beat them at that, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, <laughs> five years, come yeah. on, man.
0: <laughs> Can't do at least 20. <laughs> oh, but this led to a pretty dark period for the nation's poor and starved citizens. The government attempted to restore order, but an ill leader and lack of worldwide support made this extremely difficult. The tensions were high, and both nations were fully divided. But then that summer, something truly special in the form of a video game was invented, helping to break down a bit of the social and cultural boundaries between the two superpowers. Sorry for a little bit of that history lesson there. I'm sure you, you, uh, you guys all know your shit. Turned but...
1: Russia into a capitalist uh, <laughs> oligarchy or <laughs> a
0: dictatorship. Sorry, this will all come into play later. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> So, with the stage all set, let's get a little bit into the background of the main man most credited to bring the wonder of Tetris into our lives, Mr. Alexei Leonovich Pajitnov. Way easier than those Polish names before, but I. Yeah, you got it right first try. <laughs> first try. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there will still be some other influential figures in our story later as well. Now, how soon does he
1: die, or does he get his head cut off? Is he more <laughs> of like a uh, like a Stark kind of character? Or... <laughs> no,
0: he's still going strong. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But Pajitnov will essentially always be known as the forefather here. And rightfully so when we get into his development of the title's original build. But before we get there, just where did this legendary designer come from? He was born in 1956 in Moscow... His mom was a journalist who specialized in reporting on all things cinema, a fairly controversial art form at the time there, while his father was a philosopher and writer, as well as a dedicated member of the communist regime.
2: You remember when philosopher was like a job, it was that a you job. Could
0: have? Yeah. yeah, right? That's and what, now there's crazy, like there's dude. like two or three of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> Engineer, <laughs> business. Wait, it. what? <laughs> oh, no, I'm saying there's like only a couple of philosophers left. Oh, I, like... I think you're saying there's a couple of jobs left. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. When I read that, though, that was the most, like, no-shit moment where I was like, wow, he came from parents of a philosopher. Like, it just seems...
2: But why did the blocks drop?
0: (laughs) (laughs) When his parents divorced at age 11, he moved into a tiny one-bedroom apartment with his mom. But the two would later grow closer as she began to introduce young Alexei to the world of film and other foreign culture. Even bringing him along with her to Moscow's International Film Festival, one of his first major interests was the English's James Bond which I can relate to.
1: Mm. (laughs) Wait, so so so, so are the bad
0: guys? (laughs) (laughs) I suppose this also explains the reference earlier, I guess, which is kind of funny. From Russia with fun.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a James Bond thing. Yeah,
0: from Russia with love. Mm. Something else, though, that also fascinated him were puzzles and board games. Quote, one of the few forms of entertainment available to children of the Soviet Union. His favorite was one called Pentominoes, wherein the purpose was to properly arrange 12 unique puzzle pieces made up of five blocks each into a small rectangle. It's kind of hard to describe without any visual, but I think you'd recognize it if you you were to Google it. You have a
1: shape to make, and you have a, a set of blocks, and it has to go in a specific way. Yeah. It's very similar to a board game that exists now called Blockus. If anybody listening has oh, played yeah. that, oh yeah, I know Blockus. Yeah. yes, or any sort of like weird puzzle you we could buy at like a fucking Barnes and Noble or something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, they are a sharper image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skip ahead a couple years during the Great Space Race of the '60s that he was growing up alongside. It was not uncommon for the USSR to recruit young scientists and engineers to help give advantage over the American competition. In order to keep interest in kids wanting to go into the field as well, they would also frequently hold events to expose them to new technology. This included a 17-year-old, Pezhinov, who soon saw his first computer. It inspired him so much that he enrolled in the Moscow Institute of Aviation, where he earned his master's degree in applied mathematics. And after graduation, he joined the Russian Academy of Sciences, a very well-known and prestigious school. Which this all led to his job at the still-functioning DeRotzen Computing Center. <laughs> Maybe I should have uh was no, that about getting all these names right? <laughs> I know. It doesn't look that bad typed out. But this was a lab created with research in physics, programming, and mechanics, artificial intelligence, you name it. Many famous scientists came out of here, including the discoverer of nuclear winter theory. (laughs) Less important than Tetris, but you know, we all got to start somewhere. (laughs)
2: I just looked at Randy's computer.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, one major problem when Alexi was brought on board was that their available equipment and computers there at the time were not exactly cutting edge. Pretty much all the employees had no choice but to use the same giant slow mainframes with little promise of any gear being updated.
1: Makes sense. All yeah. the best shit was all at the the, uh, the space centers
0: where they were like, <laughs> communism could do Talk something about- better than you, capitalism! <laughs> <laughs> Another issue for our poor protagonist were the unfortunate working conditions. Zhitnov didn't have his own office or even desk as it was shared by three other people. But eventually... Something broke his 14-hour work routine when him and his co-workers were shocked to find that they got an upgrade at the office. An Electronica 60, with a K, computer workstation. That's so cool. <laughs> that
1: was fucking cool. Yeah. All right, get
0: this. It had, I
1: love 80s, like, Japanese oh, tech. I would love it's, to it's see 80s, like, Russian technology. It's
2: just 70s Japanese
1: tech. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it had 64 kilobytes worth of space, 8 kilobytes of RAM.
1: I think that fucking audio clip I played that you to in Beat Saber was
0: good. fucking more than that. <laughs> and could perform two hundred and fifty thousand operations per second. How is that Austin? Is that still good? Sounds uh, like a big number. Two hundred and
2: fifty thousand? Yeah. So that would be two hundred and fifty kiloflops what a second Which the Xbox where are we at
0: f- now because I see the teraflops Xbox One's,
2: the, or the Xbox Series X is supposed to be 12 teraflops so that
1: should put that in perspective
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet Tetris will be on that thing
1: yeah probably <laughs> I um, if I if I had a time machine that would be my most favorite thing I was thinking about this the other day is yeah. just showing technology to people in the past <laughs> oh your entire career was based off of 4 kilobytes this <laughs> image corner the corner of this image is more than that
0: that's <laughs> like the, the Patton Oswalt picture where he was saying when the iPod was invented all he would have to do is go back 10 years to blow everyone's mind because like they'd just be like so how much music is in that thing and they're like every song that's ever been written and ever will be written and they're like these must cost a million dollars and he's like no they're worthless you, just, you know like this piece of shit and you throw it in, like they make way too many of them
1: <laughs> there's a future. I think that's a Futurama bit when they're getting the iPhone. He's like, "Are there any left?" Yeah, let me see. I hope there's some in stock. And he reaches his hand behind him, and there's like a factory, millions and millions of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I love that people still pre-order things. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. But yeah, oh, the... just a little tip to put a more proverbial nails in GameStop's <laughs> coffin.
1: <laughs> we were literally told sometimes to be like, pretend like you don't have a lot of copies of this game. Oh, I have to no push doubt. To pre Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, you were that guy leaning behind me? No, I
1: wasn't. I was always like, there's tons of them, dude. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. I remember some some GameStop employee tried to pull that shit on me. Do you remember? Oh, my that? God. I walked in and I was like, can I buy this game? You it know, GTA 5 today. is not going to be available anyway. he was like, do you have it pre ordered? Because we only got them in for pre orders. And I was like, oh, you did? No, I didn't have it pre ordered. And I was just like, I guess I'll just go to Target. And I started
0: walking up the door. And he's like, no, dude, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, the mainframes were out and the Electronica 60 was in. Except here's the thing, though. Apparently, to the rest of the tech industry, it was already long out of date. Yeah. (laughs) That computer was cloned from the LSI 11, launched with the same internals nine years prior, with neither system being capable of displaying graphics outside of text. Nonetheless... He used what he had and began development on AI programs and speech recognition software. The latter quickly caught the attention of the KGB in hopes that they could use it to record phone conversations. Of course, they wouldn't say whose, but I digress.
2: What a evil regime right those <laughs> communists recording phone conversations yeah well, imagine if they did that in the freedom center that we live in didn't we just re-up on yeah, the
0: patriot just quietly, act or, very quietly uh, yeah. just redo the patriot <laughs> yeah, act yeah. Cool, uh, cool cool also i'm not entirely sure that this was even like what he was personally looking to do with that text so it's hard to know how he felt about it at the time although i'm sure his opinions of their government would later probably change anyway considering where the story goes
1: yeah
0: so let's get into uh, Tetris, then. After hours, Pajitnov and the other researchers at the DCC would finally have the computers all to themselves to work on their own personal side projects. One... After they did all their work, you <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. One programmer there was super passionate about Namco's Pac-Man, a title that somehow passed through the country's infamous barriers. Alexei recounted that he would play around with it for hours attempting to reverse engineer it. Other friends of his in the department...
1: Wait, Pac-Man made it to Russia? Yeah. He just had to go from... He came from the other end. He just went this way. <laughs> and then he came up <laughs> to the other side, and that's how he made it
0: past the barrier. <laughs> other friends of his in the department included fellow researcher Dmitry Pavlovsky saying it better that time, who would often create... Second most Russian name I've ever heard in my life. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Pavlov. (laughs) Dmitry (laughs) Roshanovich.
0: Would often create and port other games on their now stored away giant mainframe. And at the time, 16-year-old Vadim Garismov who was said to be a true programming prodigy, earning his spot in the lab as an assistant after impressing a computer science teacher at his high school who thought he should be introduced to the crew there to learn more about the industry and have access to better tools. Nice. This all sounds kind of so wholesome so far, doesn't it? The yep. dark shit will come later. Just
1: a bunch of 70s guys, can, or sorry, 60s guys. 80s. In, oh, is this is 80s yeah, at this, this point? Yeah, okay. uh,
0: this is early 80s. Okay, yeah. and this is at the Moscow yeah. School? Institute okay. of Tech. But yeah, it apparently didn't take long at all for the three of them to really hit it off together much because of their shared love of games so they formed a team and would brainstorm ideas off the clock to build a computer game successful enough that they could even package it and sell it themselves which quote was an extremely difficult endeavor in the soviet union although that wouldn't keep them down the buddies were confident that they could find a way to make it happen weeks later in the middle of the night Pashitnov was sitting at his desk when he recalled the Pentominos game from his childhood that I mentioned earlier, the one where he arranged the shapes into the box, and thought that he could possibly make a digital form of that. However, he soon found out that the experience of it just didn't really translate that well to the computer after some hardware limitations led to some adjustments of the pieces. Rather than the original dozen five-block variants, he had reduced the available shapes down to four blocks each, thus coining the iconic seven Tetris pieces that we all know today. The only problem with this is that the game, which he named Genetic Engineering, not quite as the same ring as Tetris, but you know, was way too easy and boring. Once a player were to figure out the right solution, there was little reason to replay it again. Just be the Back same thing forward, over and over again.
2: 30, 40 years, you can download 18 different versions of that, of that game, same game? <laughs> on your iPhone or Android device. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, you get ads for them.
0: Yeah, right? Constantly. I, bet, I don't think he had that in mind. No, <laughs>
2: he was a good game designer.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was just a first draft though Made only in 6 days Pajanov was determined to turn it into something more engaging And more challenging This is when he thought to flip the playfield From horizontal to vertical And make the pieces fall instead Thus adding a bit more chaos to the formula Except, while it was certainly faster Now it was too hard If the player placed a piece incorrectly And created a gap Then the row was just stuck there like that Without the ability to go back and fix it This also caused the rounds to end fairly quick That's when he hatched the brilliant plan to make the completed rows disappear upon being filled in. The small modification would turn the project into a phenomenon. Now, mistakes in the game could be amended, and the clearing lines mechanic could make it so that one could pretty much play the game indefinitely with no end. Including our creator, who is now addicted to his own creation.
1: (laughs) I love this.
0: Just snapping blocks (laughs) together, disappear. Ooh. There's something just satisfying, you know, about it. Fitting the randomly given pieces together was so satisfying that it actually started to bleed into his work hours. When first asked by higher-ups what he was working on, he just claimed it was debugging software. Mm -hmm. A simple lie that would carry across generations. (laughs) Have you ever you had to use an excuse like that
2: what that I was debugging
0: no that you were like playing a game And then you're like no, nah, it's work.
2: Oh, no, cuz I worked from home a lot oh, yeah. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't see my screen
0: <laughs> So now the game just needed a name something is natural to say as its nature. Something as natural to say as genetic, <laughs> genetic engineering was. <laughs> Which is good, because I don't think that was going to cut it anymore. But he quickly settled on Tetris, combining the Greek word tetra, meaning four, as per the shape redesigns, and tennis, because he liked tennis. So Tetris was born. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was no sound. The graphics were made up of alpha numeric characters and only one stage. But he did add a scoring system, kind of. Which is all you needed. What do you mean,
1: alphanumeric? Like they were just uh, was it like wireframe looking? It, it looked like ASCII
0: art, kind okay. of. <laughs> I guess if this was because the computers weren't capable of displaying any graphics. Yeah, no, so, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I
1: figured as much. I'm just curious, like trying to like get
0: a image. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm. I have seen footage of it. Yeah, and it, it's like the blocks are still represented by blocks, but it is kind of odd the way that the UI is is completely yeah. built. Like that makes it, sense. Yeah, it almost looks kind of like punk rock to look at now because yeah. they it's funny that even some modern games bring back that for stylistic purposes like i kind of forgot that the entire ending sequences of portal one i, I think i don't know if portal two is the same but i know portal one is just all done throughout numeric characters. i don't
1: think portal two is. i think it's just classic credits i think, you, music. I think you might
0: be right great song though yeah <laughs> Jonathan colton oh, yeah but how exactly did the game grow beyond just his own lab it only functioned on those outdated lsi knockoffs after all and it was already grabbing the attention of others in the facility. In order to expand his audience even further outside the academy, though, it would need to be playable on a more common platform. This is where his previous homie comrades, Dimitri and Vadim, would come in and help port the game to the IBM PC. Ooh. Of course, to get this done, Vadim practically had to rewrite the entire code. Yeah, And this was on a device that he wasn't exactly entirely familiar with either. Within a couple days, though, the crew got it done, and they now had a way to easier share a prototype. This one even had a title screen along a side help menu that listed controls, and the pieces were even colored. Not what would later become the official colors, but it's a step. Regardless, none of these additions proved to be more important than the inclusion of a leaderboard. That's right. You could finally save your high scores for all to see. (laughs) A-
1: S S S P O O. Me and Mel were playing uh, Crash Bandicoot the other day, and like I did a time trial victory, and I was just like, hey S, S. ha <laughs> ha Like future, future. Yeah, like. the future.
0: <laughs> Knowing you, I thought it would have been C U N.
2: Whoa! Uh, <laughs> Whoa! I just got that. <laughs>
0: At this point, though, Tetris now became a competition already, just like other arcade games out there across the world. And it finally had the same potential as them as well, except how could they sell it? The group's dream of distributing their own titles for profits seemed sort of impossible under the communist state, not to mention that it was technically all built under the roof of the Russian Academy of Sciences. This made Tetris government property with no exception. Right. Not wishing to see their hard work go to waste, the trio would package the title in a collection of other game software in a bundle called Computer Fun Fair, <laughs> and began to make copies themselves to give out to whoever they thought might enjoy it. And this was okay. Why? Why was this okay instead of just because it was free and they were only giving it to their friends? Oh, it was just okay. the equivalent of like like a demo CD that you're yeah. just like check it out.
1: So okay. where, do you do you know what else
2: was in? I
0: tried Funfair? to find some of the other games. Apparently, they were like. Kind of wholly impressive. Pretty basic, sort of. Uh, yeah. I think some of them almost read as educational, almost. Oh. Tack man,
1: but the P is
0: backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, is that
1: a Russian yeah. <laughs> <laughs> joke?
0: One of these copies, make- <laughs> so, sorry, so, I,
1: I know like, I don't want to mention other comedians or podcasts. What do I favorite. I already did it earlier I with as well, Jokes so. from Town. She says something like, "I miss the good old days when the bad guys were just other white guys with a backwards alphabet." <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait you mean the japanese are good now <laughs> that's when he's talking about the generational gap between people. Yeah. <laughs> but one of these made it into the hands of vladimir pakhilto a friend of alexi and clinical psychologist at the moscow medical center upon firing up the games he pretty much immediately recognized the addictiveness of tetris with its pacing and reward of stacking up the blocks to clear more lines as giving an almost dopamine like high I don't know about the other geniuses. games that were on there. I
1: would say almost dopamine. If, anybody, yeah. if anybody's an expert in things that make you miserable, it's a Russian psychologist.
0: <laughs> so we did what any fun-loving employee would do make extra copies and distribute them amongst his coworkers. Except then, practically his entire fucking psychology team was hooked. One day soon after, he got so fed up with the department being glued to their monitors that he took it upon himself to kill the distraction and collected every copy throughout his work and destroyed them. That's
2: how you know it's good. <laughs>
0: His efforts were fruitless, though, as it made its way back into the medical center anyway. This isn't confirmed, but people think they might have, like, dumpstered dough for (laughs) (laughs) it. Shit, I would have dumpstered dough for it. No boss could stop me if they took my Tetris away. Instead of fighting it this time, though, he decided that a better alternative would be to study its addiction. They even worked on a special two-player version there, with Pazitna being brought in to help with development. And even back then, he was like, maybe if I'm hundred players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By 1986, its popularity was really starting to spread outside Moscow into further parts of the nation. Much of this was thanks to that IBM port. Alexei was really excited to see so many people enjoying his creation, but him and his crew would still never saw a single penny from all their hard work yet. Moving even further, though, was when the game actually began to spread outside the Soviet Union. This is when everybody suddenly wanted a piece of the Tetris pie. One of those people, an avid player, was Alexi's boss, who gave out a few copies to be passed around the SCI Institute of Computer Science in Budapest, Hungary, a nation that will soon become a big part of the title's journey into the West. The folks at the school all loved it. One the- could say they were hungry.
1: <laughs>
0: <He's> Sorry. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> There were even students so impassioned by it that they ported it to the Apple II and Commodore 64. These platforms, of course, being way more popular in the region. Right. Supposedly, Hungary, by the way, played a pretty significant role in connecting Russia to the rest of the world. Until the 1956 revolution, it was under communist rule. However, by this time, their government passed, quote, major economic reform to create a more open free market. This meant import... I mean,
1: the Westcott Tomes so with that. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. <laughs> Maybe capitalist instead. Yeah. You
2: said free market. I instantly looked at Chris. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's more money. And in- this meant importing and exporting, including one of their most hit products. And Chris, you'll like this. The Rubik's Cube.
1: Yeah. Although oh, yeah, I be- that
0: was Russian too. Although I believe initially it was called the Magic Cube. That's the worst yeah, name. I think it was.
1: It <laughs> is the worst name. Well, Rubik's Rub- is, is a company. All,
0: yeah. Rubik's is a company.
1: <laughs> so they call it, it's kind of like the Band Aid situation. Right. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I guess that yeah. is
0: true. Or Jello. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, originally invented in '74, its demand exploded in 1980 when it was brought in other territories. Even today, it's considered to be history's greatest selling puzzle game.
1: But the Rubik's Cube or Tetris? Uh, the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. It's not a puzzle. It, it is. is. It is. How is a, yeah. a it's puzzle. novel? It's a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> it's a way of life. <laughs> this made Hungary a huge destination for those in business looking to license Eastern European inventions for release in Western Europe, the Americas, Japan, and Australia. You can make your Hungary joke again, I guess, there. Oh, too. So, I already did it. Oh, all right. Move on.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sick of that joke. You don't want to come back for seconds? <laughs> there you go.
0: so this is where we're going to introduce Richard Stein to the story he owned Andromeda Software Mass Effect Andromeda?
1: yeah No cool. No, this software company did something right. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. Uh, for now. Also, <laughs> oh, just like then they'll go to the way of Mass Effect and Strata Andromeda. But this was a British tech company that switched from selling hardware in 1980 to instead selling software three years later in 83. This being a much more profitable venture. Because the Brits right. are shit at making stuff. <laughs> What about like my mini? What
2: about empires? <laughs> they were all right at that in the in the earlier part of the millennia.
1: You're going back <laughs> a little bit. Aren't yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, that big one. <laughs> Sun never sets on my balls. <laughs> Take that British Empire.
0: <laughs> but rather than searching around the UK for potential releases, he preferred to poke around more in Hungary, as it was his native country. So he'd pretty much look for games, sell it to a Western publisher, and then once it was released, he sat back for sales to collect royalties. One such place he used to visit, often on these software hunts, was none other than the S.C.K.I. Institute, where Pajitnov's boss distributed those Tetris copies.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, is any of this known to Alexei, that they're selling it and making royalties Not and shit?
0: Well, no, they, they haven't sold it yet, technically. Okay. Gotcha. But this was this guy's job. Yeah. And uh, trust me, he'll be in the dark for a little while, which is kind of, you know, <laughs> you can all probably guess what happened. Next, considering the trail uh, like the- Chernobyl. N- well, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. Again,
2: very limited <laughs> very limited knowledge on Russia. Was it snow? Was it a James Bond movie?
0: No, no, I was just Was talking- it
1: Call of Duty? Did the European power invade and then die? I'm, not talking about and Russia? Oh. I'm
0: talking about the outcome of every person that gets introduced to this game.
2: Oh, he got addicted to it, and then I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then his psychologist destroyed all his copies, right? Yeah.
0: Is that what happened? Basically, he popped in one night, saw a guy in a dark corner blasting away at block dropping. Same thing I'm usually doing most nights. He likely that had a drink. Except he was probably just, winning,
1: right? Just,
0: Are you amazing. kidding me? He likely had a just, drink. Just,
1: you know, sitting in the dark block dropping sounds like jerk and <laughs> I was thinking of taking the shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah.
0: He likely had a drink next to him. Also
1: like me. Yeah, a straight vodka bottle and a shot glass, because that's what they do. That's the other thing they I know don't about need Russia. the shot, the, the, the Wait, shot is glass. This, no. Is this
2: a British guy or a Russian guy?
1: This is a Russian guy. Okay, yeah, yeah vodka. They literally <laughs> just pour it in a shot glass and take what shots. That's what do
0: Probably vodka. <laughs> so anyway, naturally he walked over and said, and I quote, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, cool. The employee simply brushed him off, saying it was just a game. Richard wanted to try for himself, so he sat down and was instantly hooked, even though he didn't play many video games prior. He also saw them dollar signs, or euro signs, or whatever, and went right to the director there and immediately asked about licensing. This was when he found out that the game wasn't even theirs. The director went on to say that if he truly wanted a Tetris partnership, then he'd have to take it up with the Soviet Union, which was not an easy task. Uh,
1: I was hoping you would say that he would have to talk to Alexi and I was like, oh, what a good guy. Yeah. No. <laughs> no.
2: An update from earlier, Polinka is a traditional fruit brandy with origins in Hungary.
1: That
0: sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I would try it. (laughs) So Russia was very closed off when it came to this kind of thing, obviously. What? Uh, No. (laughs) Him simply traveling over to their capital to broker a deal for it wasn't really in the cards. Except he did have one form of communication with them already. He had the number to the Russian Academy of Sciences' telex machine a precursor to the fax machine to any of our younger listeners. Of course, that doesn't really work either, I guess.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not our younger listeners, and I don't know what a telex machine is. It's essentially like a fax machine. It's
0: like a Russian so what, fax machine? So
1: what's the point of that? Because then not that just where he just was asking about it, right? What's up? That? That's where he just was, right? The sciences.
0: No, place. he was visiting Alexei's boss's kind of facility. Gotcha. But, so, but where Alexei was working separately at the Russian Academy was where the game was actually created.
1: Okay. And he had the fax machine number to where? What are you saying? To there. Oh, okay. If he
0: was going around licensing software, he basically had like a portfolio of gotcha, kind of gotcha, a, or gotcha, a, gotcha, gotcha. maybe at the time a Rolodex of numbers of like different institutes and tech facilities. Makes sense. Yeah, to look for things. You can
2: tell this is the 80s because if it was now, he'd be like, oh, it was made in communist Russia and the guy doesn't have a license to it? I'll just sell it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 All right, so he quickly sent a message over, bluntly stating that he wanted the Tetris rights. This then got forward to creator Alexei, who was surprised to read the request, as he had already sort of abandoned the idea of getting to profit off his software. With an offer in writing in front of him, he had to be extremely cautious, as he didn't particularly have authority to speak on the matter. We could do nothing for personal gain, he said. The one thing, though, is that he still super wanted to do it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. After a couple weeks of translations and authorizations went by, Pajitnov officially replied with this very long-winded response. Yes, we are interested. We would like to have this deal. That's it. Okay. <laughs> that was 14 pages of Russian text. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to meet up and talk about it more. However, he was still very much afraid of possible punishment from the big boys upstairs. Basically, he was dragging his feet a bit to not get in any direct trouble. Mm -hmm. Except to Stein, this was a done verbal agreement. Mm -hmm. He was already convinced that Andromeda could begin looking for future buyers for the game. Mm -hmm. One of those publishers, being his go-to at the time, a UK company named Mirosoft, who were the software division of the once massive, and I say once, Maxwell Communications Corporation. It was founded by former member of Parliament, Robert Maxwell, in 1964. They were essentially a media conglomerate, owning several newspapers, magazines, and things like that. This, of course, made Mirsoft a pretty heavy name in publishing, with the cash to back it up. So naturally, this led Stein to set up a meeting with the MCC's co-founder, Jim Makinash, who, when showed the game, Jim stared at the screen and went, Neh. And passed it off to their technical department. <laughs> Something tells me this old Who guy did promptly
2: got addicted to it, <laughs> right? Did I guess it
0: right? <laughs> Something tells me this old guy didn't really know the know the video games or their potential. Yeah. That was until he wandered down to the tech team on a lunch break yeah, yeah, and it, saw everybody even. in the whole fucking staff like, huddled around playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as th- See, I'm learning. Yeah. So we thought, fine, I'll try it for myself this time. And so similarly as everybody else in our topic today, he was hell into it. Mm-hmm. He took it home, and soon their entire family had Tetris fever. So this thing was just like an STD. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Whoever remember, had their hands on
2: it? Whoa, like an STD. Yeah. Remember <laughs> the Ugh. days when you could like play a video game and get addicted to it without like a- going through three hours of tutorials and having to navigate through a battle pass? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> uh- those, like those, a good those, STD. That's what those were the
2: days. I don't yeah, think right? those exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think there are any good ones. It's actually
0: funny that you mention that because one of the things that people talk about a lot is that this was very weird at the time to have a game that didn't have a tutorial or explanation. A lot of video games of this era frequently would be packaged with booklets to, like, very adamantly explain what the purpose of the game was. And Tetris just kind of threw you into it. Ooh, but Some might say it's the perfect video game. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I other, other than Mirosoft, though, there was another company called Spectrum Holobyte. That one I know. Yeah? They were Maxwell's U.S. publisher. Finally, the story is in our wheelhouse, right? finally America
2: <laughs> where nobody's inventions get stolen for profit
0: <laughs> so Spectrum would often collaborate with Mirror often sharing titles back and forth for release in their respective regions their president Phil Adam whew, nice what a e- cool name a nice easy name to say Two First
2: names. So- idiot. sounds like a fucking Guardians of the Galaxy villain <laughs>
0: But he was on a trip over to the UK office, diddy-bopping around for any new and upcoming software.
2: He was doing the (laughs) (laughs) diddy-bop?
0: When Jim then showed him Tetris, he too was like, fuck yeah. Didn't take long for him to come around as much as the other guy.
1: (laughs) Hey, Jim. Hey, other white guy, Adam. 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 (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, there's this, the Reds got a new game. (laughs) And since they need permission from their government to prove that it has some sort of worth so that it can be a meaningful part of their society so they can get food and clothing and shelter ideally in return for their services, (laughs) let's just take it and make all sorts of money off of it.
0: Hey, we'll get there.
1: (laughs) I'm just predicting what white people that are men and rich always do. If history's taught
0: you anything. Shortly after all this and having fresh Tetris addicts, Stein made his... My fingers are up. Deal with Maxwell and their two sub publishers. Hold on.
2: Is this what it originally looked like? Yeah.
0: That's it,
1: like a Pip Boy. That's what I
0: thought. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That, dope. Yeah, I'm that green that and the, black, I'm like use
2: that in the thumbnail. Yeah,
0: it's cool. Need, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they never like included that as a bonus version of that game in later Tetris games. Though the original version was made available on like a website. It, it looks for like a long that if time. you don't
1: use your fancy TV. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they did get some of the uh, letters backwards on the UI, but I'm sure they could fix that. <laughs> that was a Russia joke for <laughs> anyone listening.
0: So. Mirsoft would get the UK home computer and console rights. Remember, the NES is breaking sales records across the world, left and right at this time. While Spectrum Holobyte would be the rights holder for the PC and console markets in the US of A and Japan. Who made this?
1: Oh, <laughs> the other Asians with the weird alphabet.
0: <laughs> Mirrors deal was for a measly £3,000 plus royalties, and Spectrum's was just 11000 freedom bucks, also with royalties the payout was obviously not very big to Stein, but fuck it. He had other shit to sell. He was apparently much more focused on the arcade and handheld rights.
2: Yeah, so he's a bad businessman is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> well, home consoles only just came back with the NES and that's Famicom, true. and after the last crash only a few years prior, he was kind of telling that the home system thing could have just been another fad again. Right. Yeah. Now Ar- no, like... arcades, that's not a fad. <laughs> well, that was the thing. They they to <laughs> <laughs> arcades, meanwhile, in our mid-80s, were doing pretty well. And like like the golden age of our yeah, and handhelds—that was the future. The Game Boy had not launched yet, but was just over the horizon. Mm. The only problem with all of this, though, is that he still didn't technically have the authority to even do any of this. Money was already changing hands, except the only document he had to go by was a vague telex message from the creator and the institute being interested, but there weren't any signatures. Publi- he didn't have the rights. Yeah, Publishing contracts were pending, and the Soviet Union didn't even know about it. Alexei right, didn't
2: even know about Alexei it. Alexei technically didn't have the rights, right? He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And I don't think he knew that. Right. But if it was his job as a licensor, you should be kind of familiar. Like, it seems a premeditated, I'm but... I'm pretty
2: sure your job as a licensor is just stealing shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what he just did. Yeah. I also suspected that he knew this, obviously, as I said. As only then did he finally write his Telex response back, offering them $10,000 up front and 75% of the profits. He was even going to throw in some Commodore computers for them as well. Really, it was a great deal. Like, he wasn't a a total shithead about it. Yeah, sure. Which probably explains why he rushed to set up the licensing contracts to begin with and was so confident in the message. He wasn't expecting any backlash, especially from a team of workers who weren't exactly living in luxury. Alexei replied back positively, hoping to figure out an agreement. A real one this time, unbeknownst to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except, as you all probably predicted, this was when the Soviet regime stepped in and ended all of the negotiations. Of course. AcademySoft, an internal publishing and licensing group within the Russian Academy of Sciences, will be taking all matters related to Tetris from here. They first told Stein that any rights would only be for the ibm pc version of the game and he well had no choice but to agree hoping to soon get the rest of those sweet system deals locked after by 1987 an actual contract still had yet to be signed mirasoft and spectrum holobyte however were in their offices preparing their ports under the assumption that things were long secure.
1: Preparing ports for Commodore and preparing Apple IIs like, and stuff yeah, and yeah, yeah. Nintendo. And
0: exactly. Stein, in the meantime, was mad fucking annoyed. He didn't really know who was in charge at that their Academy Soft. He still thought he had the good word from the inventor man himself. It yeah. was just this like weird miscommunication. Maybe. It's hard to tell. I kind of flip back and forth between giving him the benefit of the doubt and also being like, oh, he planned this out. Those signatures, though, like, he was really going to need those to make everything legal, and the rights to the home console arcade and handheld versions were still on the table. It was time to bite back a little, he, you know, he kind of thought. In April of 87, he, out of nowhere, sent a follow-up fax to Moscow, boldly claiming that his two publishers were all set to make those ports and that they couldn't wait for the release. He even went so far as to say that the deals were finalized. All this with no signature. Mm-hmm. But that is what we're going to be leaving it off for today. Okay. And I apologize for ending it there in a little bit of a cliffhanger.
1: Whoa, yeah, I know. Cliffhangers. <laughs> but son that's, of a bitch. that just means you'll
0: have to tune in next time to see just how pissed off the Soviets are about to get. <laughs> We've honestly only barely scratched the surface of the ensuing battles that would go on to rage in the Tetris War. But again, this is just more of a reason to keep people, people coming back on this, like. You y- son of a bitch. You man. got it, me. Uh, yeah. You got it, me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, cool.
1: Give me that! <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, thank you guys for, it feels good to finally get into this. I've had Tetris on my mind for so long, all these months. It,
2: I mean, you've had Tetris on your mind for over 20 years. You're right, years. like since I was born.
0: But <laughs> yes. it, but just to get this out is super nice. So I'm yeah. like, I'm so fucking excited to get, because we haven't even gotten into the like the dirty
2: stuff of the story. No, there was zero murder in that. Yeah. I'm very disappointed about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: We went this far to so not even mention a gulag. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, forgot about those. Yeah. That was in a James Bond movie, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know, actually, but you know what I do know is in a James Bond movie where there's an elaborate scene in one of the Sean Connerys where they're gonna facially reconstruct him to go undercover. I think in like oh, the oh, they give him, uh, they give him, and they just keep, it's like this face. long, in, it's bad. This very very long scene where it's like. Facial reconstruction surgery montage. <laughs> and then when it's done, he's just like slightly yellower well, that and his was, eyebrows That was the Roger Moore one. And yeah.
0: So that was what, did you ever see Team America World Police? Yeah. Because that where they were making fun of yeah, when exactly. they, yeah. <laughs> just
1: glue the hair to his face, yeah.
2: That's cool. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. For yeah. our first episode of 2020. That seems weird to say.
0: I just yeah. dropped my bottle. And we'll find a way to, like, kind of pace this release out in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Not to barrage you guys with too much Tetris, but to not to leave you hanging on yeah. the suspense so, either for too long.
2: All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. That was our first episode of 2020. Yeah, we have obviously more Tetris coming. But yeah,
0: if you think this episode's a little short, it's only because there's going to be uh, much more of this going forward. Yes. So, yeah.
2: in addition to that, we have some other plans for the podcast. Uh, look to our feeds and stuff like that in the future for those plans. Yeah. We're going to change it up a little bit to make it maybe a little more interesting for you and maybe a little bit easier for us. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I, li-
0: I like the idea of breaking up these larger stories and kind of filling other fun things in between. And
1: yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as soon as we get all the stuff finalized and done, we'll announce what we're doing in the meantime. Yeah,
0: but bear with us. It'll be worth it. <laughs>
1: Yes, so you can find more information
2: on our social feeds, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. You can find our other episodes from 2019 and beyond on our website, hotbuttoncast.com. Man,
0: that's crazy to think about that there's stuff on there that says 2018. I know.
2: In addition to that, you can find links to all the feeds where you want to follow us. We're on every podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever the hell else is out there. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, Thanks for tuning in, and uh, look to our feeds that I just mentioned for more information on the podcast going forward. And there is also a YouTube link yeah, on yes. our website that might will be doing a lot more with become that, more important and, yeah. in the near future. So. Keep an eye. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Spoilers, Austin. <laughs> Thank you. Tetris player uh, Jason, <laughs> play us out with some. Uh, oh yeah, and thanks to our sound guy Jason. Yes. I always forget to oh yeah, that. I always
1: forget that our outro song is a Tetris song. <laughs> <remix>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna it's say. Finally he, appropriate. Here's the
0: funny thing: is like he he could technically play us out with real Tetris music because like, it's royalty free, I think technically. Because, yeah, because it's a Russian folk song, more or less. That's that that was, awesome. that was sort of rearranged to become the that Tetris. I I mean, we
2: already played us out with Chinese propaganda before, (laughs) so why not? (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. See you later.